I was even trying to not watch um, Norm MacDonald. I was, um, what was, what was I watching before? I was like, just don't have it on when she gets here. Just have something else on. <laughs> don't look crazy anymore. But yeah, I didn't. You wouldn't have been able to fool me. What did I have? I would have been like, you just had Norm MacDonald on, didn't you? <laughs> Hey guys, welcome back to Wayward Fans, a supernatural podcast. I'm Shannon. And I'm Liana. Sorry, I thought it said it was on stereo, not on our Yeti, the microphone. Oh, so I was like, okay. Oh no, but... Okay. Never mind. Anyway, um, so <laughs> welcome back, you guys. We are moving right along to finish up season eight, like we told you guys. Uh, even though, it, you know, taking a break from the monster right? thing. Right, I know. Like, <laughs> messes up all of the continuity, but... Right. So we're going to do 22 today, and next week we'll give you guys 23, the season finale, and then we'll get right back onto the, the role-playing game. Yes. So, moving right along with episode 22 of season 8 is Clip Show. It was directed by Thomas J. Wright and written by Andrew Dabb. Oh, we should probably tell them our new format. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> So Leanne and I decided we wanted to try something new. We're trying it out for this episode and the next episode so that when we come back for season nine, you guys can let us know if you like it or not. Yes. But basically, we're going to try to change our format from um, a play-by-play of the episode, more condensed, uh, just synopsis of pieces of the episode. So so we can talk about it more. Right. Instead yeah. of just tell you guys what already happened, which exactly. seems kind of redundant. Right. And so, it was just um, very time consuming to have to like write a play by play of an actual episode. <laughs> yes. Yes, it was. Um, but yeah, so we're trying to do it more of like a, a conversation, hopefully. Hopefully. So yeah. we'll see how this goes. We literally just came up with this idea today, right before we watched these two episodes. Yeah. So I, we don't really have a system in place yet. Um, but we'll see how it goes and let yeah. us know if you guys like it or not or if you want yeah. us to go back to the old ways for yeah, season definitely. nine. Otherwise, we'll probably try to keep this If it going. works out. I mean, we're always... We'll see how it goes. We'll fluctuate. Yeah, exactly. We'll it was definitely out. nicer for me yeah. to take the notes this way because it only took me an hour to watch a 40-minute episode instead exactly. of two hours. Yeah. <laughs> so, we'll yeah. see. And it gave me an idea of what Shannon has to do all the time, so... <laughs> So, again, let us know. <laughs> yes. Let us know if you guys are cool with this and we'll keep doing it. If not, if you want us to go back, that's also fine. Yes. Just, just please let us, know. let us know. Otherwise, we won't know. Yes. <laughs> okay, <Right>. so <clears throat> to the episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, we open on Lost Creek, Colorado. There's a camping couple out in a cabin, and she's very happy to finally have gotten her boyfriend out there. He is clearly very nervous. Um, but she's very happy and relaxed and excited to be there. Uh, we have a flashback. Well, he's looking out the window and he uh, hears a noise outside. And we have a flashback to a tent. It's in black and white. And there's a tent. A claw slashes into it. And then it, flash, it cuts over to her boyfriend back in the past screaming. And he's wearing this really ugly seashell necklace. And I was immediately like, oh, it's the Wendigo. <laughs> um, 
we edit, we jump back into the present and he hears her growl outside. She says, uh, he's like, did you hear that? She says he doesn't hear it. And then he hears it again. And then she goes, ooh, maybe it's a bear. And it made me like want to fucking punch her. <laughs> um, you don't get excited to see a bear. I don't care where you are. No. Um, uh, so he grabs her and he tells her to go hide. And he tells her that's a Wendigo. And then he grabs a torch saying he's going to set this bitch on fire or something like that. It was pretty funny. Um, but then he hears it again and he starts grabbing his head and he starts like lashing around and screaming and he's clearly in a lot of pain. Uh, he turns around and his face is getting really dark and this black bloody stuff starts coming out of his eyes. Um, and she's freaking out. She doesn't know what's wrong. She's screaming and then his head explodes um, and she gets splattered with all kinds of his blood. And screams hysterically as I would. Yep. So, welcome and to scene. episode twenty-two. <laughs> um. So then we have the guys in the bunker. It looks like they're uh, just going through files. Dean's bringing a bunch of demonic possession files up, and Sam's asking if that's all of them. And Dean says, "No, not even close." You see, the men of letters kept files on every demonic possession for the last three hundred years. <laughs> I mean, we've got Bored and Lizzie all the way to Crane Ichabod. Wow. I didn't even think Crane Ichabod was... A demon. A demon, right? The possession. The cast comes in and he says good morning and that he likes the bunker. Um, And Dean is not happy to see him. Um, He does say that Sam's wounds are not getting... He cannot heal them. They are getting worse. Um, And then he wants to... Oh, because Dean wants to go on a run, right? Um, De- oh, because that's what it is. Because he Sam's having a hangover, Dean calls it, and so he brings them like a half a beer and like some peanut butter cups. Yeah, and he brings them half of a beer, some jerky, and three peanut butter cups. Yes. And Sam's like, um, I don't think that's gonna do it. And Dean's like, we're running kind of low. And then yeah. he's like, Yeah, we'll go on a run. And that's when Cass, Cass is like, to go I want to go with you. And Dean's like, No. Well, Dean is still ignoring him until right. Cass finally apologizes. apologizes. And then Dean's like, for what? And Dean, Cass is like, for everything. Which um, I think was a shitty apology. I mean, I love you, Cass, but you can't just apologize for everything. I think you have to be a little more specific than that. Right, because Dean's like, for what? For ignoring us? For losing the tablet? Because you didn't trust me? Me? <laughs> yeah. And Cass actually was like, no, I didn't trust you. And, like, admits to that and that he thought he was doing the right thing. Um, and it gets a little intense until finally Sam just kind of Right. Cass says, I, Dean, I thought I was doing the right thing. And Dean says, yeah, you always do. And I wrote, funny how similar they are. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, then this is when Sam, like, clears his throat to clear the tension and asks if there's a room 7B. Um, Sam and Dean go find this room. And Sam's telling Dean to give Cass a break because, well, it's Cass. Right. <laughs> um but in the meantime, they're looking for some class five of infernal event. So what they're actually looking for is case one one three eight class five infernal event that happened in St. Louis on March eighth, right? Fifteen to uh, nineteen fifty seven. The reason that I bring that up is because case one one three eight is actually a reference to George, George Lucas. Lucas. Yeah. Um. And oh, that's part of the behind the scenes. Oh, but sorry. No, it's okay. You can go. No, it's go cool. with it. No, it's just because he made a movie called THX1138, and it's been something that you see in a lot of his movies. Yep. Just references to that number. So that, I thought, was a really good reference. Like, reference. Yeah. yeah. I was Because a certain group of people will get that, but not everybody. Right. Um, so Sam is telling Dean about the rating system the mental letters have. 
Um, while Sam is looking for that specific case, uh, Dean notices that the shells move out, revealing another half room, which looks to be a cell to hold a demon. Dean is excited to finally have a dungeon. Finally. <laughs> um, the file that Sam did find contains a film, a film reel. So they go and they have a little movie night. And on the film, it's um, basically, it looks like an exorcism. And they look, they recognize the chains from the dungeon holding an older woman down. Um, <laughs> and Cass is like, you have a dungeon? <laughs> yeah. So apparently during this exorcism, something exploded out of the woman's chest, which is not a normal exorcism. Oh, and earlier, the reason Sam was looking for this case is when he was looking through the fi- the demonic possession files, somebody put a note that had the room number 7B and the word weird with three, with three exclamation, exclamation points. points. Yes. So at this point, after they watched this exorcism, Dean says, well, that was weird with three exclamation points. <laughs> and it made me laugh a lot. Yes, that was a good one. Um Sam does talk about how the Latin was actually different from what they've heard. And Cass points out that lustro, which was the last word they heard, um, is Latin for cleanse. Um, The other thing Sam figures out is that the... Because there was two priests in the video. There was a younger priest who was clearly, like, very nervous before they started what they were doing. And then an older priest who was actually performing the exorcism. Uh, The younger priest, they found out, is still alive. And in St. Louis... um, and that it's worth the drive because it's something they have never seen before. Right. Uh, Cass wants to go, but Dean's like, you have to stay. And Cass's argument, I thought was pretty funny, is that Sam's more damaged than I am. <laughs> and then Dean tells him that even though Sam is damaged, he still always comes through. And I put in parentheses, unless he hits a dog. Oh, Jesus Because <laughs> I thought that would be funny. Oh, my God. Um... He tells Cass to stay behind and just get better. Yes. So they find out that Father Thompson, the older priest who died uh, in 58, believed that demons could be saved. The soul could be cleansed. The night of that particular exorcism that they saw, something went horribly wrong. The demon was able to escape and the woman died. A few months later is when Father Thompson died. Something tore him apart. Uh, at this point, Sam starts coughing up blood. He excuses himself to the bathroom. Um, and Dean tells Father Simon that Sam is going to get rid of all of the demons. He says, Father, over the last... Because he's like, in that condition? Right. And Dean says, Father, over the last couple of months, I've seen... Over the last... Oh, my gosh. Hold on. Let's try that again. <laughs> Rewind. She was reprogramming her head. You guys couldn't see that word. <laughs> Father, over the past couple of months, I've seen him do crap that I didn't even think was possible. I mean, sure, he's miserable and he's hurting, but you know what? There's not a doubt in my mind that he's not going to cross that finish line. Not one. So, will you help us? And I was like, oh, Dean. Dean. And then um, we cut to Cass, and he's shopping. Um, Poorly. He's in a convenience store. He picks up one of the little baskets and puts some beef jerky in there. And he sees a magazine rack and he starts looking at him and he finds a copy of Busty Asian Beauties. And so he puts that in there. Um, He gets a pack of toilet paper. Mm -hmm. And and then he goes. I like how he eyes it. Right. Like, is this? Yeah, Dean uses this. This is what he likes. Uh, he finds the fridge and he gets some beer out, but he leaves the door open. And so the uh, attendant or whatever you call him, the guy that works there comes up behind him and he's like, dude, and like close the door. 
Then we cut to Cass, who's, for some reason, looking at eggs and has smashed one in his hand (laughs) and it's just leaking all over the floor. Um, And he just kind of gives it a weird look and then puts the rest of the eggs down and the guy goes, dude. Then uh, as he's turning around, Cass knocks over an entire rack of potato chips and the guy, dude, and Cass says, I have money. (laughs) So he goes to pay. What I love is when he pays, he just gets like a bunch of wadded up like bills out of his pockets and just like throws them on the, yeah. And then finds out that they're out of pie and he needs pie. He gets very upset that there's no pie. Like he grabs the dude and like face to face, like intimidating Cass, you know, and that's when Metatron shows up. Um, he wants to talk to Cass. Yes. But he wants Cass to call him Marv. Yes. We find out that, that he hilarious. is Marv down here. Yes. And Kevin told him all about Cass and says that they were very similar. They're both free thinkers and they're both, they're, they are both on heaven's most wanted list. Metatron wants to get food and catch up with Cass. <laughs> um, so they go to... It's just a, it's just a diner. They get crepes. Are they already there? Anyway, yeah. so he tells them, he tells Cass that things are very crazy up in heaven. Naomi's actually not the one running things. It's, uh, it's all warfare up there. Everybody's fighting <clears throat> to take the lead spot. And Cass is recounting when he thought he could lead, but he spilled too much blood. Metatron <laughs> is telling him that heaven needs them to save the day. Oh, like, they're not there yet. They're still on the street because this is when he's like, he wants to go get the crepes. Oh, okay. He's, he's like. No, they're still there. So, because what happens is. Because um, they're, the, they're out on the street when he's right. telling all that. Well, no. Well, I guess then we skipped a part that I wanted to talk about because um, Cass, when he's talking about how he's the one who ruined everything, they do this great cut back to season, what was that, seven? Would that have been six? Um, where they show him with all the dead angels around right. him in heaven, which is a cool shot. Not like cool. As I in, think that would have been but six because that's before <coughs> that would have been six. Out, right? Yeah, that would have been six. Yeah. Um, or it was the very beginning of seven. Right. I don't remember what part of seven the Leviathans came about. Or well, they were like in the, the beginning, six. but Cass thought he was God in the beginning of seven. Did he? So he was. So, so okay. I think he. I think that's when he would have killed all. That's the right angels. because he dies at the beginning of seven, and it's like seventeen episodes before he comes back. Yeah, I remember. We were I was like, like getting ready to Cass? stop watching the show. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Fuck you guys." Um, yeah, and there's still because that after that. After he says that, that's right. when Metatron's like, we should go, we should get... go sit down. Yeah. yeah. Right. And he t- said, I didn't write it down, like Eugene's or something. They have the best. Yes. Because um, then Metatron just like, what do you call it when angels disappear? I forget. Poof. Poofs away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and Cass goes, Metatron, Marv! Because <laughs> he left without telling him where he was going, so. That was one of my favorite lines right. when Cass yells Metatron and then Marv. Um, so then, so Father Simon gave Dean all of Father Thompson's things. And so they're back at the, the bunker and they're they're listening to one of the, the last tapes that he made two days before he died. And we're basically listening to another exorcism. Right. That it's he just performed. an audio. There's no video. Right. But it's cutting to like a black and white audio or video f- for, for the, the sake of the audience. Yeah, right. They're only listening, um, which I thought was a pretty cool thing to do. Yeah, definitely. But basically it was the same setup. A dude was chained to the ground and he was, he keeps asking him the same question over and over about how it felt when he ate the dude's kids. 
and he's injecting him. <clears throat> and the dude being the meat suit. Right. And he kept injecting the demon with what we find out pretty immediately because it's written down in the files is a pure purified blood from the from the father. Um, <clears throat> and so this keeps going on and he's saying that he's administered a dose every hour basically for eight hours and finally the demon is cleansed or prepped as he says. Yes. And then he does the exorcism we saw him do on the lady, but Which, this time it works. <clears throat> what he does is he slices his hand open. Right. Um, so that it's bleeding and then he puts it over their mouth. Right. Um, a bloody high five as Dean called it. Yes. And as Sam called it like a, what does he bloody, call it? Bloody like ham sandwich. Ham, ham knuckle sandwich knuckle, or something. Yeah. It's, I think I have it written down here somewhere. It's a weird thing to say, but, um, yes. and so then we see him, doesn't he like go bright white instead of black and then. Yeah, well, when he puts the hand over... Because he recites the exorcism, then he slices his hand, and then he puts it over their mouth, and then they do the like glowing white thing. Kind of like what an yeah. angel looks like when they're about to fuck some shit up. Right. But then it just dissipates. Yes. So, And then he was apparently cleansed yes. and human again. And he felt very bad for what he had done. Right. Um, Dean wants to know if they can do it. And I love Sam. He's like, we just need... Blood consecrated down and a de- consecrated ground and a demon. Yeah. Oh yeah, because those are all really easy to come by. <laughs> well, for the Winchesters, it probably is. You know that's very true. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is when we cut to the diner, Cass and Metatron having lunch. Yes, because um, the waitress comes to take their order and she tells Cass, "Cool coat." And he goes, uh, no, actually, it's quite warm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she goes, cute and funny. To Metatron says, one of my other favorite lines is that he should have picked a better looking, looking vessel. <laughs> yeah, vessel, not meat suit. I was going to say. They don't have meat suit. No, they don't. <laughs> um, so Metatron is basically telling Cass that he knows how to close down heaven because he wrote all the trials down. And he basically wants Cass to be the one to complete the trials. Mm-hmm. Um Cass agrees and believes that he should be the one to do it since he was the one who started all the problems. Uh, we find out that the first trial is to cut out the heart of their waitress, so, uh, who turns out to be a Nephilim. Yes. Um, <clears throat> sorry. I've been like losing my voice this whole week. I don't know what's going on. It's good for a podcast. Yeah. I haven't really been talking either, so I don't know what the deal is. Anyways. <laughs> One thing that I liked um, that Metatron said um, before they started talking about the trials was that um, he described uh, what Cass was trying to do as like a pull in case of emergency lever. And he says that the way that it got designed it to do is that if the Leviathan got out of control, they go to purgatory. The demons got out of control, they go to hell. And then he also says if the angels uh, become destructive, they get locked in heaven. Right. Um, which I liked that because it kind of gave meaning to why he created these three different like realms. Right. Um, but yeah, I don't like how he kind of plays cast. Like he does the whole, oh, well, you're a warrior and I'm just like a pencil pusher. And I'm like, you are being a little manipulative. But then he always, everybody does this, takes Cass's guilt over all the horrible things he's done and uses that to like get him to do whatever it is they want him to do. And I'm a little sick of Cass falling for that. <laughs> he falls for that very easily. Like all it's the time. Really unfortunate. Yeah, it drives me crazy. I think he would second guess it at this point. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> back to Sam and Dean, who decide they have the perfect demon to do this. And oh, they already have a demon 
Because they just need to unearth her and put her back together. Because Dean actually says it's time to put Humpty Dumpty back together. Right. And I honestly had no idea what as he was talking about. As soon as he said about. that, I was like, what? That's when I wrote, why the fuck wouldn't you just use a normal demon? And immediately, because he was asking, do we have dad's medical kit or whatever in right. the trunk? And then yeah. it's time so to put Humpty Dumpty back. And I'm like, I why? Like, and I was like, what the fuck is he talking about? Like, I had no idea. So when they, because then Sam opens up the box and her head's in it. I was like, are you fucking kidding me, you guys? Like, this is the stupidest idea. So yeah, it's Abaddon, if you guys hadn't caught on yeah, yet. It's Abaddon, and I have in bold, all caps, why in the fuck wouldn't you just use a normal demon? Because Sam even says, let's get a demon to do a trial run on. A yes. test run. Yeah. Why are you going to test run a and fucking night of hell? test run is. Night Abaddon. of hell. Okay. She's not just like a fucking run of the mill right. little. Black eyed demon. Like, oh my God. So. I mean, at the very least, try and get maybe a crossroads demon. Like, why are you going to go for a fucking night? Like, oh my God. I guess they just felt confident that the. Anyway. So. <laughs> They sew her back together and she immediately comes back to life. And she already knows what the guys are trying to do because she was the one who killed Father Thompson. Yes. Um, and But she, Crowley calls before they can do anything. They sewed her completely back together except for her hands. Yes. It's great, guys. Good Which, thinking. I mean, I was like, okay. I mean, at least they were thinking, you know, like. I thought it was stupid that you should never sew her head back on. Like, why would you do that? I mean... Well, I think you need the well, head... Well, that's what I'm saying, is why to, would you even do it? <laughs> like, you should not have done it in the first place. At all, but right. if you have to have her, just sew her head to the torso or whatever, because right. that's apparently what you what need, you to, need make to, to do to make her come to life. Don't give her her arms, don't give her her, her legs, legs, and, and make sure keep the, her the other, fuck away from yeah, that make shit. Make sure the pieces are gone. <laughs> like, don't let her sit next to her fucking hands. <laughs> Anyway, um, <laughs> and she says she's going to have a lot of fun tearing out their pretty green eyes. And that's when Crowley calls. Crowley calls and she's like the salesman and Dean's like, try the king of hell. And she is not, not okay impressed. With that. Yeah. She's like, what? she's like, are you fucking joking? So they go outside. Sam puts Crowley on speaker and he says, how'd you get this number? And Crowley says, ah, first things first. What are you wearing? <laughs> <clears throat> Crowley wants to know if they've been reading the news. Dean immediately starts looking it up on his phone because he says a specific Denver Times or whatever. Right. Um, back inside, Abdodon starts controlling her hand. That has been severed, but it's in the box. And right. so it's kind of like... Cousin It. Uh, cousin It from... He just comes out. Yeah. She just comes out and climb, like literally climbs like up her arm and into her face and like... Into her mouth and pulls the bullet out from her head. Because, duh. Because if you guys don't remember, the bullet has the devil's trap on it. And that's what's kind of keeping her locked in place on top of not having hands. Which didn't last very long at all. No. Crowley is telling them, what the hell? I'm sexting you an address. Check it out. (laughs) Then we'll talk. Cheerio. Um... So in the news, they or the news that he sent them, they read about the guy that we saw in the opening credits um, that they saved from the pilot. (laughs) Um, And the address that he sends them is, Dean recognizes it as uh, where they were to do the whole witch with baked goods 
uh, case. Yeah, that made me the so witch sad. Jenny who, or the woman Jenny who ate the heart, or the cupcakes filled with hearts. Yeah. Eating little hearts. Um, so they rush over to her house. Well, S- Dean wants to go. Sam assumes it's a trap. Um, Which, or I mean, yeah. I'm sorry. Sam wants to go. Dean yes. assumes it's a trap. Sam's like, I know, but we need a demon, so we right. should go. So we should go. Which Dean, I was like, no, Dean's like, you're right. That. Maybe you should have done that before you dug up Abaddon. Right. I don't know. I'm just saying. So um, <clears throat> they realize that um, Abaddon is missing yes. at this point. They go the inside, and she's already gone. They are both just so shocked. Oh, what the hell? Yeah, really? you guys. One of the most powerful demons you've ever met pulled a fast one on you. So stupid. Yeah. Anyway, so they go to Jenny's house. She is dead. She's been, like, cooked alive in her oven. It's so awful because they show the, like, because at first I didn't really snap because I have a shit memory when it comes to this type of stuff that they were talking about her. Right. You know, because I always really liked her. She was one of my favorite victims because she was one of the ones that was, like, shocked by the whole thing. You know, like, you mean, like, there's witches? And, like, just totally, like, what the fuck is going on? Right. Everybody else is like, oh, okay. Um, But the way that they killed her is she got baked. Like, her head got baked, like, in the oven. Yeah. It was awful. That is just so mean. And she just clearly finished baking some cupcakes. Yes, they They were were right there on the counter. Um... So Crowley calls them. We he tells them basically he's going to kill all of the people that they have ever saved until they bring him the demon tablet and agree to stop uh, with the trial. With the trials, yeah. Um, and they're like, "How the fuck do you know this?" And he says he has his resources, <laughs> but he's got all of the supernatural books on his table, right? Because they want to know how he knows everybody they've ever saved, and because right. he's read all of the Carver Edlin books, apparently, which I think is funny. I think that's hilarious. I love to see Crowley just, Crowley reading, just reading those. those. <laughs> um, so I feel like that would be some like really fucking good insight to sam and dean as a villain right to read all of those those books books. be bad news bears for them there was this was a long time ago but one of the guys i used to date was showing me a deadpool comic where he did that he went and bought all the comics of whoever it was he was trying to be and just read all his comics (laughs) (laughs) and then beat him (laughs) so you can learn a lot of stuff that way you can (laughs) um So we go back to um, Cass and Metatron. Marv. <laughs> Marv. They're watching the waitress close up. And Metatron is asking Cass if he's going to do it. Um, it cuts out before he answers. And the next address that Crowley gives them is for Sarah. Who, if you don't remember, she's the chick that Sam kind of had a thing with. She was she's like the estate dealer two, right. or something. The daughter of the estate <clears throat> dealer It was guy. when they were at the art thing right and sam took her out on a date a very fancy date and then they kissed at the very end and she and she's she's like i'll wait for you or whatever she's gorgeous she's like one of the prettiest sam girlfriends they've had and she's probably the only one that didn't die too just putting it out there i said probably (laughs) well And then oh, now okay. we're going to be like, oh, no, she wasn't. Okay. I, I thought you were 
<laughs> thinking of other girls and you couldn't remember if they died. Anyway, okay. Anyway, so. <laughs> Sorry, I should have winked at you for that one. Is Probably. that what I was supposed to do? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was all, Leanna, I know you just saw this episode today. Your memory's you, not that bad. I love how you mouthed at me. She dies. Why do you want to spoil it like five minutes too soon? Right. <laughs> so, oh my um, god, that was awesome. <laughs> oh, okay, so back with Cass and Metatron. Cass is actually—he's following her. He follows her, and he yeah. actually goes to try to kill her. She turns around. She knows what they are. Right. Um, so she can, because she says she can see their halos. Which I'm like, I don't want to see their halos. We've right. never really seen their wings. But Mar tells her that she's an abomination. Um, and she just wants to live her life. And Cass says, he's sorry. Like, he always is. But then she's like, well, I'll show you sorry. And then starts throwing Cass around. Yeah. Yeah. She so. apparently is... An- and Nephilim is a lot... Badass, I guess. Stronger than an angel, apparently. Um. So... Oh, because then Metatron she goes gets and... Him, like, yeah, she, he, she gets Cass, like, thrown into, like, a... A bush bar or something, or and he's laying there. And then Metatron. she attacks Metatron. Well, no, because Metatron walks up to her and punches her, but it like does nothing, and right. he like hurts his hand. He's like, oh. So and that was a nice. She holds him shtick. up and is like choking him to death. Yes. And then Cass comes up behind her and kills her. Stabs her in the neck with the angel blade, which I thought was a little vicious. Um, but yes, she dies, um, and Cass looks unhappy. Yes, as he often does. <laughs> Back at Sarah's house, Sam has just told Sarah that Crowley is planning to kill her in 16 minutes. Um, Dean shows up. They're clearly planning to protect her. They are going to set up devil's traps, and they have all the workings that they would need for to keep a demon at bay. Yes. Um, Sarah is telling Sam <clears throat> that he seems different, more focused and confident. He well, grew up. Yeah, I like it because they're sitting on the bed, and he sees her engagement ring. Right. <laughs> She's like, hey. He's like, hey. And I swear to God, he seems a little bit jealous at first. Right. Oh, oh you got engaged. But then she says she's dating someone who works, she's, works in search and rescue and she gets she's she got a type, type which yeah. i thought was kind of funny but yeah sam grew up and she missed his old oh haircut i was like really i was like i'm gonna say i do too oh. i do too sarah it looked like a mushroom well top. it looks better than it does now <laughs> looks like fucking fabio now. i would like to see sam with like a more Danish type haircut or yeah just to see what it looks like right. I have no just idea what, Sam, what Jared Padalecki would look like with short hair yeah like but not short fucking 90s boy band hair no like the weird mushroom top thing that no. they had right but you know just short hair <laughs> I just want to say I'm not saying he would he looks bad even just like Misha's short because Misha's yeah. hair is a little bit longer than Jensen's you know yeah the whole long and the top thing yeah, but the short but sides like, exactly Come on, Jared, cut your hair. Just so we can see. Just so like, we can see, I mean, right. I mean, I don't think it's ridiculous to think Sam would cut his hair at some point. Just saying. We could have an episode. Listen up. <laughs> writers. For all you writers out there. <laughs> we can have an episode where Dean finally gets to take a set of clippers. Ooh, that would be a good to one. To Dean's head. To or Sam's, Sam's head. head. For five, just five minutes, Sam. Just five minutes. And then it would look horrible and we'd all laugh and laugh and then Sam would go get it fixed or something or Cass could just come back and heal it right <laughs> <laughs> there's your hair boom 
I'm just very curious to what his face would look like without it me being too. framed by all these me too. lovely locks. I completely agree. Like, it makes me even wonder if we really know what, like, shape his head is. You know what I mean? Like, if he got his hair cut short, will we find out, like, oh, that's not what I pictured him like at all. You know oh, what I mean? Oh, he's actually not attractive at all. <laughs> well, I don't think we would say that. <laughs> Do you remember how I told you my mom was watching this with me, though? So she has a favorite she has discovered. Because I've showed her pictures of them before, and she's like, oh, they're okay. But when she was watching the show, she was like, well, who's that guy? Well, who's that guy? Did you meet that guy? And she's talking about Dean. I'm like, yes, mom, I met Dean. And she's like, wow, he is really gorgeous. I was like, I've told you this. I don't know how many times. But Sam, he's just okay. That's what she tells me. also gorgeous that's what i I was like just okay yeah he's all right i would prefer jensen though obviously i would settle for either i would also (laughs) settle for either sure you'll do yeah i'll take (laughs) you (laughs) (laughs) she also thought that misha was very cute too Misha is also yes, Misha's pretty very cute. cute. She liked him a lot. Yes, my mom likes Supernatural. No, she likes the boys in Supernatural. She thought she thought the show was really gross, <laughs> which I, she doesn't like blood. Right, right. Yeah, so I can I can appreciate that. It's a very bloody show. Um. Anyway, Sarah starts uh, choking. She starts dying. <laughs> uh, Crowley has called. Um. There. He, Sam calls Crowley a son of a bitch. Crowley corrects him saying son of a witch. And his mom taught him a few tricks. So they start immediately looking for a hex bag. Yes. So then it's like this really quick, like almost a montage of them trashing this room looking for, a hex, look for a hex bag. While Crowley <clears throat> is speaking, because he's on speakerphone, um, saying this like monologue. Did you get any of it? I got the whole thing. Oh, good. Um. I thought of sending in a few of my bruisers, really letting them go to town. But then, well, trial one was kill a hellhound. Trial two was rescue a soul from the pit. So from here on, I'm going to keep everything hell-related, demons, etc. away from you. Safe side and all that. Plus, I just thought it seemed fitting. From what I understand, Sammy took that bird's breath away. What's the line? Saving people, hunting things, the family family business. business. Well, I think the people you save, they're how you justify your pathetic little lives. The alcoholism, the collateral damage, the pain you've caused, the one thing that allows you to sleep at night, the one thing is knowing that these folks are out there still, out there happy and healthy because of you, you great big bloody heroes. And Sarah dies at this point. Um, Crowley tells them that he is going to rip their life apart piece by piece because he can and nobody can stop him. He wants a complete surrender from them, the tablet, and for them to stop the trials, or he will keep doing this. They hang up. Dean smashes the phone into the ground, and they see that the hex bag was inside of the phone. So that's so it was in the phone. The hex bag was yeah, in the phone. I'm assuming okay. like where the batteries would have been. Right, it was right. cordless, you know? Yeah. Um, and they just look at each other and they're not happy. No. It was very sad. Very so, sad. So yeah, Sam's other girlfriend dies too. So if you guys didn't catch yeah. the joke I tried to make. Well, what are they, what's the fucking <laughs> wiki page that they, uh, death by peen or some shit? Yeah. <laughs> 
I saw another uh, meme. It was like a Tumblr post where a guy, a chick was just like, well, I kind of, like, I want to kill myself, but I want to get laid or something like that. And somebody was like, well, just date Sam Winchester. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny because it's true. Yeah, because then you get to sleep with a really hot dude. And And then then you're going to die. die. And if you want to commit suicide, that's a good way to go. Talk about having your cake and eating it too. (laughs) I'm kidding. Um, so Dean wants to keep going. He wants to close the gates on these bastards, but Sam wants to take the deal. He's just clearly way too fucking pissed and upset and depressed right now. Which I can understand. Dean says, we'll figure this out. We will. Man, we'll get it done. We'll kick it in the ass like we always do. Are you with me? Sam doesn't answer. Credits. And kick it in the ass was the catchphrase of the late producer slash director Kim manners so that's why that was thrown in there but yeah so he asks sam that and but before sam can answer we get the credits we go to credits yeah it was um i felt really bad for sam he's got to get pretty sick of that shit man oh oh, look another girl i really liked and kissed and tried to be affectionate towards and she's also dead like (laughs) i mean if you guys think sam's not keeping score he's keeping score um they the Winchesters always keep score. Right. Like literally everything bad that's ever happened to them. Yeah. And everything. Oh, yeah. Every person that has died on their watch. And yeah. It weighs heavily on them. It does. Well, just like they immediately recognized when Crowley was killing all the people that they saved, you know. Right. It's crazy because he sends them the first address and Dean's like, oh, that's the Witch Bake case. And I was right. like, what Well, because he sends them that article and Sam's like, why do I know that name? And I'm like, damn, like they immediately recognize the guy's name and that's when they're like, oh shit, that's the guy who we saved from the Wendigo. Right. And so. well, it's like Crowley says in his montage that, or monologue that, um, that's the only thing that keeps them going. Right. Is, you know, and he's, uh, you know, totally spot on with what we're getting here, mm-hmm. you know, because it's like they recognize all of these people at the drop of a hat and it's like you guys have saved so many people right but clearly it does mean it means a lot to quite you guys. a bit if yeah. you're remembering them <clears throat> as well yeah because i mean that was seven years ago <laughs> you see right. that <laughs> it was more like eight years ago closer to nine because he was at the beginning he was episode two the right. wendigo so well, yeah i was just doing each season's a year so. right but they're at so, the end of season eight so it's okay. closer to nine shannon anyway anyway still along you know enough people have been saved in that time frame that it's crazy to think that they would remember each individual one but apparently they do but they do um so do you want to go i'm assuming you looked up i do have something about metatron yeah oh metatron yeah sorry um i figured oh i did this wrong I realized that I did this wrong. I can do Nephilim too if you don't want to talk about anything next season or next episode. <clears throat> Nephilim's really short too, so we'll just do that after Metatron. Sorry, thinking out loud. <laughs> Carry on. Um, so Metatron, the actual name of Metatron, as far as where it came from, there's a lot of debate about that. Um, it's Latin for uh, one who meets out or marks, marks off a place, a divider and a fixer of boundaries or a measurer which obviously has nothing to do with the Metatron we know. And um, some professors just say that it has no meaning, that it was a, a name that was actually just fabricated through mysticism, you know. Okay. Um, which 
It's a weird name. Honestly, the first time I heard Metatron, I thought it sounded like a Transformer. Right. Yeah, you know? Absolutely. And so when I looked it up, I was like, oh, Metatron's actually a thing. I was like, I thought for sure they had made it up. So that makes sense. Um, <clears throat> in, Judea, in, Jude- in Judaic mysticism, he is an archangel, and he is known as the recording angel or the chancellor of heaven. There you go. Uh, he is not mentioned in the Hebrew Bible. It is only briefly mentioned in the Talmud, but he does appear primarily in their mystic Kabbalistic texts, uh, where he is one of the highest angels and serves as the celestial scribe. So that's where they got this from. There you go. So according to Jewish Apocrypha, which I had to look that up, Apocrypha <laughs> is writings that don't have any uh, authors or known origins. So they're always very like, I don't know if I believe this or not type stuff. Mm-hmm. But in Jewish Apocrypha, Metatron is the name Enoch received after yeah. he was transformed into an angel in the book of Genesis. I just have to really quick interject apocrypha sure. yes. was the name of matt's guild in wow like when wow was oh was it really still vanilla wow oh and wow. they were like really high <laughs> oh <up>. wow <laughs> <laughs> sorry and it's, it's funny because okay. his email is still apocrypha guild at i'm not gonna tell you but you know, yeah it's really funny that's to, funny yeah. anyway sorry um there also seems to be two metatrons they're spelled slightly differently um the first one transforms Enoch into Metatron. It's kind of how you would interpret it. And then the second one is like the more like what they described as the primordial So he is a transformer. Metatron. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. <clears throat> but yeah, I, they say primordial. I guess the only thing I could think of is just like the more like original thought of Metatron. I don't know. I thought it was a weird way to describe it, and I couldn't really get anything more detailed than that. Um, Another belief is that Metatron is also just made up of a whole lot of different pieces of Jewish literature, and his origin is just going to be impossible to ever really pin down. Um, So, that being said, (laughs) here's a whole lot of, we don't know who he is, to here's what I could find out. Um, He appears in later mystical writings, his grand title is used, and the word Metatron, which is his grand title, is numerically equivalent to Shaddai, which is God, in Hebrew, Gematria. So that says that he is said to have the name of his master. So if you don't know what Gematria is, it's an alphanumeric code. It was abdo- it was created a long time ago, I want to say in Greece, um, but it was something that was adopted by the Jewish culture, which assigns numerical value to words. So numbers equal... letters have a number equivalent when you add them up words create specific numbers um so they change in value a lot depending on what letters they're next to and and what words they're in the reason i know about that at all is because of a movie by darren aronofsky called pi where they talk about that extensively and part of the movie is trying to figure out what the code is in the talent like, it's a great movie. Uh, it is. It's it really absolutely is. It's a fucked up movie, but it's a great movie. Yeah. If you're into really intense, crazy, weird movies, that's the way to go. Um, it's very well made, but it was also just a huge like learning experience as far as that goes. Cause right. It was pretty crazy. The more they talked about it, I was like, that's insane. I'm like, there is a total secret code there that nobody has cracked yet. Like, come on, you guys. So that was cool. But anyways, um, an, an example of Hebrew gematria is the word high, which is alive which is composed of two letters um, that add up to the number 18. And this made 18 a very lucky number among Jewish people. And so gifts 
of money in multiples of 18 are very popular among yeah. Jewish people. So I'll take yeah. 18 times 18. Probably just 18 times two, Shannon. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I thought that was cool. And it, I didn't know that high mental live. And now I can, because I watch the filler on the roof all the time. <laughs> they have a drink Lahayim. So I was like, oh, to life, Lahayim. Anyways. <laughs> I think it's very interesting, actually. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. I have one thank more. Thank you for looking that up. Well, I have a couple more. Hold on. I'm not done with Metatron yet. <laughs> Um, in Dogma, you've seen Dogma, right? Alan Rickman actually portrays Metatron. Kevin um, Smith Dogma we're talking yeah. about? Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, Alan Rickman portrays Metatron. He says that he acts as the voice of God in situations where people hear God speak to them because humanity is physiologically and is psychologically and physically incapable of hearing God's voice without their heads exploding. Right. <laughs> <laughs> And um, you've Was read that Alanis Morissette, the God. God in that? that one, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I liked that one because um, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon are in it, and I think they're Michael and Gabriel, aren't they? Probably. I think they are. Jason, or. Um... Fuck. I can't believe I just forgot his name. Oh my God. When he plays Lucifer? Yeah. Um, oh my god, I had the biggest crush on him. From you Mara. did, yeah, when he was Brody. <laughs> yes. What is his name? Because I also know him from The Incredibles. Holy shit! This is embarrassing. This is really embarrassing. God, I was Fuck. obsessed. My nickname was Brody in middle school because I watched that movie so fucking much. <laughs> All right, um, I'm looking it up right now. <laughs> Jason Lee. There you go. All right. I knew it would come to me. <laughs> Um, yes, he was Lucifer. It's a great movie. If you guys haven't seen Dogma, I really liked it. Um, and I'm not a huge Kevin Smith fan either. I like some of his movies, but not all of them. But I, I guess maybe I just have a thing for, you know. Angel stuff. Angels and religion <laughs> and culture and all that. And it's a really good example of all that. Also, did you know, you read the book Good Omens, right? Yeah. Um, and that the leader of the forces in heaven in that book is Metatron. Yeah. I haven't read that book in a, in a very long, time, long huh? time. Yeah. But yeah, so that was There's another. so many books I need to reread. There was other popular pop culture references to Metatron. Um, a lot of video games, especially from Japan, use him as their lead character. Hmm. Um, yeah. So I thought that was interesting. And then, of course, Supernatural. Like, what's the one we're talking about? <laughs> <laughs> like the game we played on the way back from the Supernatural convention? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You got one for Ashley, Anna? Superman! Superman is your the show you're gonna go with? For the letter S, yes, Shannon, it is. Not supernatural. The yeah. convention we're literally no. driving away from. Okay, no. <laughs> go big or go home. Um, I couldn't stop laughing for like an hour. I, I know. <laughs> that was After a while I was like, it wasn't that funny, Shannon. No, it's still fucking funny. <laughs> okay so let's do nephilim real quick and then we can talk about your things um they are the offspring they are described as the offspring of the sons of god and the daughters of men and they occurred before the flood in genesis similar hebrew terms um read as nephilim by some scholars and as fallen by others uh which appears in ezekiel 
the word is loosely translated as giants in some Bibles, but it's also left untranslated in others. Uh, the sons of God are interpreted to be fallen angels, according to classic Judaism, but there's really no solid right. way to con- confirm that. Um, I was unable to find any literature or any references that say Nephilim are considered abominations. <laughs> Here's a child's a liar. He is. Uh, Cotton Mather. You remember Cotton Mather? He came here in like the 1400s. <laughs> he believed. You say the 70s. I almost did. <laughs> but he believed that fossils found in upstate New York uh, were actually Nephilim that were killed before the flood. But then it turned out that they were just mastodon bones. But, you know, it would have been cool. Mastodon, Metatron, I mean. And they're close. <laughs> um, one thing that I also, and this is so funny because I'm going back to another Darren Aronofsky movie, which I didn't even make this connection when I was writing these. Um, the Nephilim are portrayed in his movie Noah. Did you ever see Noah? No, I did not. It's, it's one of those where I really liked it, but again, I think that's just because of my thing for the Bible. I don't think a lot of people would like it. Right. A lot of people didn't like it. Um, but the Nephilim are in that movie, and they help Noah build the ark. But they're portrayed as giants. Um, okay. But they're, like, made out of stone, and the stone kind of looks like dried lava. Um, okay. And in parts of them, you can still see light glowing inside them, but um, they move, like, very disjointedly, and they have a lot of weird, like, they're really cool looking, um, but they're huge, and they're made out of stone, and some of them have appendages that look like they could have once been wings. Not all of them do, that. And they're supposed to be the product of a human and an angel mating? So what this one is is that and they the- are the fallen angels, is what they're, he's going with in this one. Okay, so they're just fallen angels. Right, okay. right. And it's because they have this really gorgeous scene where at the very end where they're done helping him build the ark and they're defending it from, you know, all the evil. Um, they each start getting, like, released back up to heaven. It's so sad. It's so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> but I liked them because they were all really unique looking. None of them looked exactly the same. Right. Um, cool. And it was just a really cool type of character, but not at all accurate as far as how the Bible goes, but... It was so funny leaving that movie because so many people were like, well, that was completely inaccurate. You know, like people had clearly gone to see it because they... Maybe that's why he did Mother. Were believers in the Bible. Um, right. <laughs> I'll show you accurate. But it got to the point where I heard people saying that so much that I was like trying to say very loudly to John. Well, I guess people don't realize that Darren Aronofsky is actually an atheist and doesn't believe in God. And he was making this movie like, <laughs> to prove a point of how mythology is important, but not necessarily always going to have to be religious. <laughs> people started giving me dirty looks, but I mean, come on, you guys. <laughs> the previews made it pretty clear this wasn't going to be a Bible movie. A Bible movie. Yeah. Anyways, that's what I have for those two. Sorry. That was good. I enjoyed that. It's been a while since we got any monster clips from you. I know. I know. (laughs) I suck. Okay. So I don't have a whole lot, but um, clip show refers to, which was the name of the episode. It's um, referencing uh, an episode of Telogen, which is based around clips from old episodes, usually having characters reminisce or dream about the past. They are cheap episodes to make. Uh, the title here refers to the reappearance of characters from past episodes. Tommy Collins from Wendigo, Sarah Blake from Providence, and Jenny Klein from Shut Up, Dr. Phil. That is funny. I like that they named it that. Yeah. Um, 
you already said this, but the case marked weird with the men of letters was case 1138. 1138 has special significance to George Lucas fans because of his short film, Electronic Labyrinth, THX 1138. That's 1138, Shannon. 4EB, which was later remade as the feature film THX 1138. Yes, it's 1138. It's not 1138. Um, it's also mentioned in Star Wars. It occurs you know in many Lucas oh. films, including Star Wars. <laughs> Sorry. Yes, I knew that. <laughs> I am a giant taking him, nerd. They're taking him to sell block 1138. Yeah. Um, Donnelly Rhodes, who plays the older father, uh, Father Simon, previously portrayed Shaw, the grown victim of a childhood Wendigo attack in Wendigo. Oh. In the f- season uh, two. or Season, season one, one episode, episode two. two. The exorcism Father Max uses to cure the demon um, basically translates to we exorcise you, every impure spirit, fix the soul, purified, purified. There's no music in this episode and the body count is five. Damn. My favorite scene is when they sew Abaddon back together, but that's just because I really like Abaddon. Abaddon is probably, aside from Carly, my favorite Favorite demon. demon. Yeah. Um, I was just so mad at them. Like, oh, I know. What are you fucking doing? I know. Um, did you have a favorite scene? What would my favorite scene in this one be? I didn't select one. I figured I would just talk about it when we were there. Right. Um, I guess it would have to also be the Abaddon scene just because like you she's one of my favorite characters yeah um well and I love I Elena did. Huffman I like a huge girl crush on her so that she's helps so too. fucking gorgeous it's ridiculous why is one person that beautiful I don't know I remember when she came out on stage at the convention and yeah I was like, like my jaw dropped I was like what, what? <laughs> this is wrong you shouldn't <laughs> this is not right <laughs> I follow her on twitter and she's just yeah. It's so pretty. And she's just <laughs> always posting pictures, and I'm just always like, huh. Oh. gorgeous. Go look at Elena Huffman some more. I'm sure you're a great person, too. But oh, yeah. Damn, you're fine. Good God. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't really have a, a line, so I just picked Kaz saying, I need pie. Because that was a good Mine scene. were Crowley's lines. I liked yeah. when he was like, what the hell? I'm going to sex you this address. Yeah. And then when he was like, what are you wearing? Yeah. First things first, what are you wearing? <laughs> And they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> Dean, I'm going to hang up now. Yeah, <laughs> that was a good one. Cool. Well, that's all I have. Yeah, I don't have anything else for this episode. Okay. So, so as you guys may... Faster. Yeah, I know. <laughs> as you guys may know, we're just doing one episode now, and then we'll do the finale on our next podcast. Next week. So Yeah. So let us know what you thought of this. I mean, we still kind of are doing the same format of a play-by-play, but it's not the exact fucking every moment of the episode. Yeah. We're really condensing it here. Um, but I feel like we still capture the important parts of the episode. And, right. And all that. And but we kind of just talk about it. If you guys disagree, please, or if you have a better way for us to do it, any kind of feedback at all. Yeah. We would love to hear from you guys. Yeah, let us know if you like it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, as usual. If you're not there, check out the website, thewaywardfans.com. You can get all of our podcasts there, see pictures, all kinds of neat stuff. Um, you can contact us there via the contact us link, 
Or if you want to just go directly, you can send us an email, waywardfans at gmail.com. Again, let us know what you think. (laughs) We'd love to hear from you guys. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at waywardfans underscore SPN or on Facebook, facebook.com slash waywardfans. You will get updates on all of our new episodes and whatever cool stuff we find online. And also just uh, where you'll see if we're making changes, like what we've been doing recently. So yeah, give us a ring. Tell us what you think. Give us a ring. Shannon like cannot prevent herself from texting. <laughs> Even like we're this close to the end of the episode and Shannon's already texting. Text it's ridiculous. But I was done talking and you were still texting. <laughs> Sorry that I'm offending you so much. You're not offending me. I think it's funny. Like, I looked down for two seconds and you got your phone off. We're just trying to wrap it up, dude. I know. I know. All right. Anyways. Thanks for listening, guys. (laughs) We will be back with the finale next week. Bye, guys. Bye.